call me Ishmael. Just kidding. This is Sarah Wyman. You're listening to the Atlas Obscura podcast. But some weeks ago, much like the protagonist of Moby Dick, I did find myself in New York City, Brooklyn to be exact. It's this insane quest of obsessive quest. For months, my colleague Chris Naka had been telling me the story of his search for a unique, mythical creature. It is Prospect Park's most elusive resident. Sometimes bird watchers spot it dashing between tree branches, disappearing behind leaves. No one knows where it came from, nor where it goes. It is the white whale, nay, the white squirrel of Prospect Park, a little white speck hiding somewhere among 526 acres of bushes and trees. To find it, you have to know exactly where to look. It is not down on any map. True places never are. It's not supposed to do that dramatically. (laughs) Yeah, let's try it again. It is not down on any map. True places never are. I think we go into the park. After this. When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Comrade. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. On the morning of the quest, the Atlas Obscura White Squirrel Task Force met up outside of Prospect Park. That's me. It's good to see you. Our editor, John Delore, producer, Baudelaire Seuss, and our very own Captain Ahab, Chris Naka. The squirrels are most active early in the morning. We'll see. It just depends on how patient everyone is. I think we should probably get going. Chris is also part of our production team. But today, you are hearing from him in his role as Squirrel Spotter-in-Chief. He's been following the white squirrel for months. He even figured out where it lives. And he mentioned the squirrel to us in a team meeting, and we all saw his whole face light up. If I ever come out here for a number of days and I don't see the squirrel, I wonder if something happened to it. And that's heartbreaking to think about. Chris is the kind of person who gets genuinely excited when he finds out there's a mouse living behind his stove. That's not a hypothetical, by the way. He told us he views it as a free pet. And Chris has always paid special attention to wildlife in the park. Way up there, you see that little one hopping around that's yellow? 
It might be a warbler, looks like. Ah, uh, got it. But the white squirrel was the first time Chris set out on a quest to find a specific animal. And look, I care about squirrels a solidly average amount. But when Chris first showed me a picture of this squirrel, even I thought, dang, that is majestic. It's bright white from its head to its tiny little feet. And to be clear, it's not albino. Its eyes aren't red. It just has a recessive gene that gives it this luxurious all-white fur. In the months I was looking for it, I would ask anyone I saw with binoculars or a fancy camera, hey, have you seen this white squirrel? And I would say nine out of 10 people would just say, no, there's a white squirrel here. That sounds cool. No, I have no idea where that is. But Chris did not give up. After months of recon, he triangulated the white squirrel sightings to a corner in the northern part of the park. Out of, again, 526 acres, he found the exact tree where the white squirrel keeps its den. So we're going to walk down a hill, and we're going to come to a little bit of a clearing. And at the end of that clearing is a row of trees, one of which is where the squirrel's den is located. Out of respect for the squirrel's privacy, we're not going to tell you exactly where it lives. So the den is in this tree? There's that little crook in between those big branches there. And you'll, you can see the squirrels just kind of magically appear. It was like when the Pope appears at the balcony and <laughs> addresses the faithful. It was the same kind of vibe in the park. We did a lap around the tree. We stood on our toes and craned our necks trying to get a look at the hollow in the trunk. There's a woodpecker. Uh, let's get closer. Chris, you are seeing things in this tree that I am not seeing. There were a couple of plastic bags that had gotten caught in the branches. A sort of squirrel-shaped leaf. And oh, ooh, an actual squirrel. So that's just sort of a regular-ass squirrel. <laughs> it's just a regular gray squirrel. Nothing too special. The white squirrel was not making an appearance. What's the longest you've spent staking it out? Four hours. I think it was slowly starting to dawn on all of us that we had not picked an ideal time to go squirrel watching. By this point, it was late morning, prime squirrel napping time. Well, while we wait for the squirrel, um... I did talk to a squirrelologist. Whoa. I'm a squirrelologist. Pitsa Kai Chow is um, a postdoctoral research fellow. And she studies birds, but she also studies squirrels and specifically um, cognition. So basically, she studies like squirrels' memories. And so, as part of that, she built like all of these complex puzzle boxes that the squirrels had to solve in order to get nuts. And so, John, I think this is number five. John handed Chris a pair of headphones. They're nuts about nuts, really. Just give it to me. Give the nuts to me. <laughs> so I gave them a puzzle box like two years uh, after their last experience. And when I gave it to them again, he still remembered the successful solution to solve the same problem. They're just good at looking for solutions to, to destroy things and get the nuts out of the box. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense. I've read that, that there's like 
hundreds of these sites or caches that squirrels are creating every day and that they can remember the locations of all of them, which like I can't find my keys in my 800 square foot apartment. So there is some um, aspect to squirrel memory that is astonishing. and I don't think people give them enough credit. We looked back up at the tree. Oh, do you see it? Some of the leaves were rustling. I think it's just a gray. Yeah, the one that's right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah you saw it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I discovered over the course of also Googling things about squirrels on the internet that there is a Central Park Squirrel Census. A group of squirrel enthusiasts who have somewhat precisely counted the number of squirrels in Central Park. Which is run by a man named Jamie Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to explain how the squirrel census works. We send out each cider to uh, a hectare to count for 20 to 25 minutes. And one hectare is uh, 100 meters by 100 meters. And it takes about 20 minutes to navigate that and to, to see what squirrels are there. And once you look in the trees, you realize how much drama is going on in the squirrel world. It's an entire world, an entire universe that most people are completely unaware of. And what that does is for that 20 to 25 minutes, it makes the cider highly attuned to the park space in a way that they haven't been before. And so people would come back to us and say, listen, I visited Central Park every day. Like I would walk across the park every day, but I never saw the park in the way that I saw the park with you guys. That's completely been my experience and what's been so magical about this. Like to me, the white squirrel and looking for it, it just made me pay attention to something that before I had never paid attention to. It's true. As we stood around waiting for the white squirrel to make an appearance, Chris pointed out at least three different, very colorful birds. I watched a chipmunk do some seriously impressive acrobatics on a very unstable looking twig. But at this point, we'd been in the park for almost an hour. I didn't want to say the hard thing out loud, but I was starting to get worried we were going to have to leave and come back another day to see the squirrel. Like, it is worth walking down here a little bit because I've seen the squirrel further down in these trees along this hill. And Chris told us he'd seen the squirrel out and about, away from its den a couple of times. So we fanned out and started to pace along the line of trees. It's my dream to get a picture of the white squirrel in one of these trees with the white flowers that are blooming. It would just be like the, the glamour shot of the century. But I don't think there's anything in that tree that it wants to eat, so there's no reason for it to go up there. Oh my God, there it is. It's right under that tree. Oh my oh, gosh, oh my gosh, it's coming the tree. Well, now it's great. We're not going to lose it because it's just up in that tree. Wow. You know, not going to lie, I thought it's a squirrel and it's white. It's not going to be that crazy, but this is actually pretty nice. It's amazing to me all the time because people see squirrels, they don't pay attention to them at all. It's an animal that I think enters into our lives and we give them little thought. But then you see one that is this unusual, and it's just a wonder. It's like, how did this happen? How is this here? Now this guy's turning to look at it, and he's probably like, holy look at that white squirrel. Sorry, I swore. Mom? Let's go ask him. The man's name was Matthew. 
And the white squirrel had stopped him in his tracks. We're from the Atlas Obscura podcast, and we've been on a quest to find this white squirrel. Have you seen it before? I have not seen that before. That's amazing. Do you usually notice squirrels when you're out walking in the park? Yes, always. Yes. I have a um, tree outside my bathroom in my brownstone that was, the top half was chopped off in a tornado and it left this great space for a squirrel to live. And so I literally brush my teeth next to the same squirrel every day for the past 10 years. That's really lovely. So I know what he does. I know how he jumps onto my roof. I know how he jumps down into my front yard to get the nuts that are in the front yard. I'm a squirrel guy. But this is the first time you've seen this one. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, Baudelaire, John, and I spent a while following the squirrel as it scampered across our corner of the park. And this is probably going to sound a little over the top, but the longer we spent with it, the more I started to get that feeling Chris had described when he first told me about the squirrel. Wonder mixed with this kind of lingering concern. It's easier when squirrels are anonymous, and now that I have stakes and I care about this one squirrel... Yeah, I worry about dogs, I worry about people, I worry about the hawks. Um, and now there's a dog, there's a dog. that hopefully okay. won't go after us. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, she can't catch anything. She That's Natalie and her neighbor's dog, Holiday. Holiday, good girl. We're doing a podcast about the white squirrel. Oh! So you've seen it before? Yes! Can we talk to you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up talking to Natalie for like 10 minutes. Because they were asking me about this squirrel have friends. I've seen the white squirrel having relations with other squirrels in the park. I like how you say that, relations. <laughs> Very good. You almost sound like a senior citizen. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> relations. <laughs> Holiday spent some time sniffing around the bottom of the tree while we stood around and talked. But eventually, we said goodbye. The squirrel had gone back to his house, and we stood underneath, just watching him for a while. This is where the plot of our quest for the white squirrel diverges from Moby Dick. At the end of that book, Captain Ahab is literally sunk by his obsession with the white whale. It pulls him down into the abyss to his death. But this white squirrel kind of does the opposite. It invites people in the park to look up, but not everyone does. We've been here for, I don't know, 10 minutes and maybe 50 people have walked by on this path and maybe two people have looked up and seen the squirrel and everyone else is walking by kind of a once in a lifetime animal encounter and they don't even know it. Pay attention, look up, there might be a white squirrel above your head, and it will make your day. Thanks to the Atlas Obscura podcast Squirrel Task Force. Baudelaire Seuss. John Delore. And our fearless captain. Chris Naka. Our warmest thanks to kindred squirrel spirits Jamie Allen and Pizza Kai Chow at the Max Planck Institute for Ornithology. Does it make you happy to see other people taking an interest in squirrels? You can see! <laughs> exactly! Of course! 
That's not the question. Next question. <laughs> that's a fact. And that sweet, sweet synth music is by Peter Zangelix McGuire. This podcast is a production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The rest of our production team includes Dylan Thuris, Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Chinanya Onike, Maddie Weinberg, Camille Mojica, Tracy Samuelson, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by John Delore. I'm Sarah Wyman. Don't forget to look up. Witness Docs from Stitcher.